Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online podcast. GVC is a non-denominational church in Flint, Michigan, and our mission is simple. To love God, love people, and love life. I know that you will be blessed by the message and the words that God has for you today. Now, here's Pastor Tony. Church itself is, is, has become an institution that takes this Bible and picks and chooses as to what is suitable, what is applicable to their own life, right? You know, if it fits my agenda, if it fits my fancy, well then the Word of God is, is okay with me. But if it starts to buck against how I feel, how I think, then, uh, well, maybe that was just written by a man just to try to control and whatever else. But the Bible is God's Word speaking to us, and I'm telling you, it is been a blessing to my life and I know yours as well and so uh, tonight we're just going to really spend some time getting into the word uh, just I'm going to actually share several scriptures with you uh, probably for a majority of what we do tonight uh, just painting a picture and actually giving giving uh, a representation of what God said is available to us if that's all right do you, you don't get tired of hearing the word do you Amen. You don't need me to tell you jokes and make you laugh and keep you awake and all that, right? The Word of God is good enough for you? All right. Well, good, good, good. That other stuff helps, yeah? That's why we gave you some coffee. You know, you had that cup of coffee before us, so. But if you remember, we said last week that we're just kind of talking about the presence of God and getting into this subject of really what the Bible calls the glory of God. And really what the glory is defined as is the presence of God. Or in one translation in the Old Testament, it talks about the weightiness or the heaviness or weighty or heavy. And once again, if you've ever been uh, in the presence of God, there's times where you might just feel that weightiness or that heaviness. And when I say heaviness, not like a burdensome heaviness, but you just feel the presence of God. Do you know what I'm talking about? It's almost kind of like if you've ever been... Uh, well, I've got a swimming pool and it's round. And if you've ever, uh, as a kid, started running around the pool, you know, and you got the current going around, but all of a sudden you turn around and you start going against the current and it's pushing up against you and you can kind of feel the weight of it. That's almost kind of like sometimes how the presence of God, how it gets so thick or so heavy. It's like, wow, this is God's good, you know. And so uh, God wants us to really begin to experience him in a tangible way. And we shared this with you last week that the Bible says, that in the last days or before Jesus comes back, he says that I'm coming back for a glorious church without spot or wrinkle. And that's full of glory. We said that God's not coming back for a church that's perfect. You realize God don't expect you to be perfect. He don't expect you to be lily white. He doesn't expect you to not make mistakes. He doesn't expect you to have, uh, uh, you know, just the perfect record. But he's expecting or desiring... A church that is full of his presence, right? He's designed for a church that will contend for him. In fact, Jesus said this. He said, when I come back, will I find faith? Will there be any individual, will there be a church, will there be a people that, that I can really find faith? That has a heart and a spirit of faith about him. And so God's looking for something as he comes back. And he says, I'm looking for a church that's hungry for me, that desires me and desires my presence to be among them. Amen. And I truly believe that those are the times that we're living in. I believe that that's where the church is coming back to. Where we're having a sincere hunger for the things of God. And to be honest with you. 
uh, I, again, I said this last week. If God showed up in a lot of churches nowadays, many people wouldn't even realize that God showed up. And then if God really did show up in some significant ways, they'd be scared to death and run out the church and never come back. Because like, dear God, I never saw that in church happen before. Well, yeah, you're used to being a bunch of, uh, amongst a bunch of dead people. You know what I mean? That dead Christian people, you know, just come and do the motions, be religious and all that. But when you really come in a church setting where people are hungry for God, God starts to move. Amen? God wants us to desire Him and purpose to contend for Him. And so, if God's going to show up and if God's looking for a church that is full of His presence, we've got to know what that looks like. If God's looking for that, and if God is a God that's looking for faith, we must have faith for His presence, for His glory, for Him being in the presence of His people in His church, right? So if that's the case, if that's what He's looking for, we must know how to contend for or how to get it or how to move God. Did you know that you can move God? Many times we think, well, you know, God's God. I can't move God. Oh, you can move God. Well, you mean God's a puppet where I can just manipulate God? No, you can't manipulate God, but you can provoke God. How you provoke God is through your love, through your worship, through your faith. And you think, well, God, can I really move you? Yeah, just purpose to love on him. Did you sense the presence of God tonight? Why? Because we began to provoke him with our worship toward him. The Bible says this. He says, if you'll preach my word, I'll confirm it with signs following. And so we were talking about the heaviness or started last week talking about the heaviness and the weightiness of God or just God's presence showing up. And as I began to minister, all I could begin to do is really just weep, just cry. And every time I started talking again, I started crying again. You think, well, are you a big crybaby? No, I'm not a big crybaby. I don't like crying. I don't like crying in front of people. I don't like crying in front of my kids and my wife. Because then you get these questions. Well, is everything okay? Well, yeah, everything's okay. It's just a God just loving on me right now. You know what I mean? You know, and then, then sometimes you get that ugly cry where your face gets all contorted. And it's like, man, you really look ugly. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's not like you, you know, you, you're this big softy. No, I don't like doing that. But when the presence of God shows up, it begins to melt your heart. So what was last Wednesday night? It was a demonstration of the glory of God. It was a demonstration of God moving in the midst of his people. And how did that begin to demonstrate or manifest? It's simply you started talking about God. And God showed up, right? You know, the Bible says that God's not willing that any should perish, but that all would come into everlasting life or come into a relationship with him, right? So there's not one single person that God desires to go to hell. He desires and his heart's cry is that every person comes into a relationship with Jesus, right? Do you ever think that when somebody cries out to God, God says, well, you know what? I'm on my lunch break. It's really not a good time right now. I'll get back with you in 30 minutes. Do you know God's union? No. <laughs> no. The moment somebody cries out to God, God comes running, right? So in other words, that person's heart to say, God, I need you, it provoked God to move. Never is there ever a moment where God is not willing to meet somebody that's crying out to him and say, I need Jesus. So if God's not ever 
in a position where he's not willing to come and show up. What was it that caused him to show up when that person cried out to him? Simply somebody that says, God, I need you. God, I want Jesus. And simply requesting of him, he came. Well, if he'll do that at salvation or to receive salvation into our life, won't he do that in every other aspect of our life? God, I just want to know you. God, I just want to worship you. God, I just want you to be real. God's been waiting for us to ask those questions. God's been waiting for us to, to put a demand on him to say, God, be real in my life. And the moment we start doing that, God begins to show up. But like I said, if God says that's what he desires, that he wants to show up that way, that he's coming back for a church that's full of his presence, we've got to know how to get to that place. So if we have the ability to know, how do we find out? Anybody got any ideas? Come on, this is a group session tonight. It's a small crowd, so you, you talk back at me tonight. If God says we can have his presence, if God says this is what I'm looking for, and therefore we have the opportunity to contend for or to actually get it, how are we ever going to know how to get it? Ask, pray, the word. You cannot begin to ask for what you don't know is the will of God. How do you know what the will of God is? Only through his word. So the word of God is going to begin to give us the example or show us what it looks like and show us how to get it, right? And so therefore, the word of God, as I said, we're going to share some things tonight just to really begin to help us understand and see how do we contend for the presence of God? What, is it, what, what does it look like when it shows up? What can we expect? And how many of you know that God's not any respecter of persons? Meaning that God doesn't just have his favorites. He says, well, I like doing these special things for them over here because I like them. No. He's no respecter of persons. And so many times I think we look at the Bible as either it's fairy tale. It's just fictional stories. Like, well, that's just really, that's really out there. I mean, it's just almost like fantasy. Or we think, well, that was great. It happened a long time ago. And God don't ever do those things now. Those are just things that happen for us to read about now. But if God says, I am the same yesterday, today, and forever, and if God revealed himself in real ways through the word of God, if the word of God gives us examples, then that must mean that we can experience God in the same ways today because it's in his word, right? All right, so in Acts chapter 7, we shared this real briefly last time we came together, but in Acts chapter 7, verse 55... Remember, it's a story about Stephen, and Stephen was one of the promoters of the first church preaching Jesus, and the Pharisees and the religious leaders didn't like it. How many of you know that when it comes to religion, religion don't like real Christianity? Right? Religion doesn't like when God shows up, because it messes with their criteria. It messes with their traditions, right? It just messes with their hair. I don't like my hair getting messed up. But sometimes when God shows up, it messes your hair up. <laughs> you know what I mean? All right. Anyways, Acts chapter 7, verse 55. Speaking of Stephen, it says, But when he, being full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven 
and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. He was getting ready to get stoned. They were so angry that they took up stones and they actually did and they killed him. But in that moment, the Bible says Stephen looked up, looked, looked up to heaven. He was full of faith, full of the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says as he gazed into heaven, he saw the glory. See, we talk about the presence of God and we talk about the glory of God and we talk about God being real. And we, again, think of it and talk about it as though it's this fairy tale, as though, yeah, yeah, the glory of God, the presence of God. Oh, yeah, whoo-hoo, you know, the choir sang really good today. But Stephen lifted his eyes and saw the glory. So does that tell us that the glory of God can be seen? There it does. And then I shared this with you last week again, but for the sake of repeating, it says, and then he saw Jesus standing at the right hand of God. I don't know about you, but when I read that, it just really, it messed me up. Because the Bible says that Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. But right now, Stephen is being persecuted. Right now, he's getting ready to get stoned. And when he looked up, he saw Jesus standing. Have you ever gone through anything? Does it seem like there's people that are coming against you? Does it seem like there, there are those accusers that have the stones ready to stone you with? Does it seem like all hell's breaking loose in your life? I believe it's in those moments, in those times where we purpose to truly seek God that Jesus stands up on our behalf. And really, you kind of see that all through the story, through the Word of God. Adam and Eve fell. I believe Jesus stood up. Because the Bible says that the moment that they fell, God says, there's a seed that's coming. I'm sending somebody. You remember when, uh, uh, what was it, Noah? He was persecuted. Why? Because he was a preacher of righteousness. I believe even in Noah's day, when it got bad, when, when sin abounded, I believe that Jesus stood up and says, I'm ready to go, to go to war for him. What about Moses? I believe the same thing. Moses, when he stood for God, I believe Jesus stood for him. Amen. I believe that when you go through the struggles of life, God wants to stand up and show off in your life. And the Bible tells us this. The Bible says that just before Jesus comes, it says sin will abound. How many of you know that sin is rampant in the world? And it is just a dark time in which this world is in right now, right? But it says as sin abounds, how much more does the grace or the power of God abound in those days? Have you ever sensed your Christianity being persecuted? Then you haven't watched the news. Our Christianity or our faith system is being challenged nearly every day. There's great persecution that is taking place against you and you may not even know it. But I believe as a result, God's standing up. Jesus is standing up and saying, I'm ready to pour out my presence. Just ask me for it. Just believe me for it. Amen? Now think about it for a moment. I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself, but do you remember when Moses, he was actually, he was in the wilderness and he went up to the mount where God was? Do you remember uh, if you watched the, the old Ten Commandments movie, you know, Moses, he said, what's, what's going on over there? And they said, well, that's the mountain where God is. And we hear God rumbling in the thunder and over on the mountaintop. And finally he goes over there and 
sees the burning bush. Remember that? And then he came down. And did you notice that there was anything different about Moses when he came off the mountain? The Bible says that his face shined. It was lit up. Why was his face lit up? Because he was actually in the presence of God. When you're in the presence of God, it changes you. It changes the way that you look. It changes the way that you act. And not only was it apparent to him, it was apparent to everybody else. So much so that he had to cover his face up. Remember that? I was just talking with a a fella. Now, again, this goes to show you how God begins to change your life and change somebody else's life. There's a particular family that's here at the church. And they're here because of somebody in church inviting them to the church. God began to change somebody's life. This got in their life, messed up their grill, just messed up their life. And they're like, I just love God. And as a result, they just began to invite friends and family to church. And this family came to church and God just started messing them up. And I was talking, I can't remember who I was talking to. It was either the, 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 his fiance or somebody. But what is being said, the, the mother of the son is saying, I am seeing such a dramatic difference in my son. And they're not church going or really Christian people. So what is the mother seeing? She's seeing the transformation of a, of a young guy that has begun to pursue God and getting into the presence of God. And it's showing up on his life. Not just on a Sunday morning where we come here and sing Kumbaya, but it's starting to show up when he goes and he visits his family. And his family are saying, I am seeing such a dramatic difference since they started going to church. And it's not the, uh, the institution of church. It's coming into a relationship with God. Experiencing the presence of God. Amen? And so God wants to really get invested, involved in our life. As I said, I'm going to share some scriptures with you here. And you can write these down. I've just got them printed out for my own convenience here so I don't have to spend time flipping through my Bible. But in Exodus chapter 16, verse 7, it says, And in the morning you shall see the glory of the Lord, for he hears your complaints against the Lord. But what are we that, you're, that you complain against us? Now it came to pass, as Aaron spoke to the whole congregation of the children of Israel, that they looked toward the wilderness, and behold, the glory of the Lord appeared in the cloud. So notice what it says here. The Bible says, it says, then the cloud, or excuse me, it says in, in uh, 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 verse 7, it says, And it came in the morning, you shall see the glory of God. What was God saying? God was telling them, you shall see the glory of the Lord. What's the glory? It's really the manifestation of his presence. You shall see. Everybody say see. see. So does that mean you ought to be able to see something? When God shows up, you ought to be able to see something change, something different. If God's there, you ought to be able to know it, right? And then the Bible says at the end of that verse, it says, Then, as a result, it says, And behold, the glory of the Lord appeared in the cloud. And it says that all of them saw that. If you've read your Bible at all, you'll know that the children of Israel were not all faithful followers of Moses. And were not all happy campers. In fact, the majority of them were disgruntled and saying, what have you done? Have you led us out here to die, Moses? Wasn't it better when we were slaves? So it wasn't like every person was this stellar Christian walking in the wilderness saying, yeah, Moses. No, most of them were 
rebuking them, right? But it says that the glory of God showed up. And they saw. What does that mean? That means that we can contend for the glory of God. If it's just a matter of us dozen people in here and say, we want God. And we want him to show up. And then you happen to bring somebody or somebody shows up that don't know God. Then all of a sudden, they encounter God as well because we contended for them. And they have an encounter with God himself. Amen. All right, Exodus chapter 29, verse 43. It says, in the Lord... I will meet with the children of Israel and the tabernacle shall be sanctified by my glory. What's it sanctified by? His glory. Sanctified simply means to be cleansed or to be purified. So, so many times we as church people, we look at people's faults and their failures and we say, well, you just need to stop doing that. Good Christian people don't do that. Right? That's where Christianity has gotten its bad name because it's all been about the do's and the don'ts kind of thing. But the Bible tells us here, it says when the glory shows up in the tabernacle, or really the church, when the glory shows up, it purifies or it sanctifies the church. So what does that mean? It simply means all you got to do is get into the presence of God and some of those nasty habits that you're not so happy with, you'll find that they just start getting cleaned up. You don't have to squall and bawl. You don't have to work so hard about it. You don't have to just beat yourself up and, and feel like a, just a horrible person. No, just get into the presence of God and the want to goes. Right? Just simply because he begins to clean up some things on the inside just by his presence. So many times we look at other people. Maybe it's spouses or family members or children or whatever it might be. And we say, I wish you would just stop doing that. I wish you were like this. Don't worry about those things. Just get them in the presence of God and trust the presence of God to do its work. Right? In fact, uh, I look at some of you ladies. You ladies are probably the ones that do most of the cleaning and, and, and doing the laundry, right? My wife, she's an awesome laundry person. She does a great job. But there's a stuff called shout it out, right? You got these hard stains. What do you do? You shout it out. Well, when you put those, put that shout it out on the stain and you put it in the laundry and let the laundry begin to do its thing it's saturated with water and soap and when it comes out it's clean right and the majority of the time when you do your part of just simply getting it in the presence of the washing machine you just have confidence that the stain is going to come out right I've never seen my wife standing over the washing machine fretting like, oh, I hope that works. I hope that works. I hope that works. I hope they're clean. I hope they smell good when they come out of there. She don't do that. When they come out, she just expects that they're clean. Right? Why? Because the shouted out, the detergent did its work. The same thing is applicable when we come to church. The presence of God begins to cleanse us and clean us, clean us up. Exodus chapter 40. You doing okay? Exodus chapter 40, verse 34 through 35. It says, Then the cloud covered the tabernacle of meeting, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Everybody, uh, that, or when we talk about that, every time we talk about the tabernacle, it's talking about really where the place of God was, where the, the priest would go. But really it represents 
the assembling place where God's presence is. The local church and us as the church individually is where God's presence is. He says this, the cloud covered the tabernacle of meeting and the glory of the Lord filled the temple. And Moses was not able to enter the tabernacle of meeting because the cloud uh, rested above it and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. So if the presence of God filled the tabernacle in the Old Testament, the Bible says that we are under a better covenant and a better promise now under the New Testament. So if God's word says that his presence or his glory filled the church in the Old Testament, can we expect God's presence to fill the tabernacle or the temple or the, the church today? Absolutely we can. I mean, what a rip deal we would have received if God says, you know, in the old covenant before Jesus came, they could experience the presence of God. They could see the presence of God. They could really enjoy the tangible presence of God. But now you guys on this side, now you don't get that. You're just going to have to just trust me and believe me by faith. You know, believe those things you can't see. Right? God says, I want to reveal myself to you. He says, you can experience this presence and this glory. Leviticus chapter 9, verse 4. It says, also also a bull and a ram as peace offering to sacrifice before the Lord and the grain offering mixed with oil. For today the Lord will appear to you. Notice the promise is that the Lord will appear to you. Based on what? Based upon the sacrifice. Do you know that there was a sacrifice that was made through Jesus? He was the ultimate sacrifice. So therefore, if the sacrifice created the ability for God to come and appear, what a greater opportunity than us to say, well, the sacrifice was made. We ought to have an appearance of the Lord to say, God, you're just, you're that faithful. You're that good. Then also you come to church, don't you? Don't tell me you didn't sacrifice today to come. I see it in some of your faces. You're like, "Ah, I could have stayed home tonight. But you chose to come, didn't you? So is that a sacrifice? Sure it is. I give a sacrifice of my praise. I make a sacrifice to come and worship God. So God, I expect you to show up. I expect you to have an appearance. I expect you to talk to me tonight. Well, how can you do that? I'm provoking God. I purpose to come and show up. And so because I show up, God's going to show up. Amen? All right. Leviticus, or excuse me, uh, Numbers, Numbers chapter 14, verse 10. And all the congregation said to stone them with stones. Now the glory of the Lord appeared in the tabernacle of meetings before all the children of Israel. Once again, another example where it says the glory appeared in the tabernacle before all the children of Israel. So in other words, there are going to be people that you're sitting next to in church that aren't just so happy to be there. My wife drugged me here. I'm here because I have to be here. But all's all, right? And he says he made an appearance. All right? Numbers chapter 16 says, And Korah gathered all the congregation against him at the door of the tabernacle of meeting. Then the glory of the Lord appeared to all the congregation. Now it happened when the congregation had gathered against Moses and Aaron. That they turned toward the tabernacles of meeting and suddenly the cloud covered it and the glory of the Lord appeared. Are you seeing the trend here? 
the glory of the Lord appeared. And if you don't know the story about Korah, Korah led a revolt against Moses and wanted to take things over. Didn't like the way Moses was doing anything or doing things. So once again, there was persecution. And as a result of the persecution that rose up against the leadership or God's man in charge, what happened? God showed up. You got anything going going on in your life right now? Things that you feel like are coming against you? All of us do. Church, the city of Flint, it sounds like a real good opportunity for God to show up. Well, how are we going to get it? We've got to contend for it, believe for it, ask for it, right? And God said he'll make an appearance. How are we doing on time? You doing okay? All right. First King chapter, actually Numbers chapter 20, verse 6. said, so Moses and Aaron went from the presence of the assembly to the door of the tabernacle of meetings. And they fell on their face and the glory of the Lord appeared to them. So in other words, they went to the tabernacle, went to church, and they fell on their face. Did they fall on their face just because they were tired? They fall on their face because they just didn't want anybody to see them in church that day? You know, dear God, they might think we're one of those wild, crazy ones. No, when they fell on their face, it really refers to their posture of worship. And their heart just to worship God. And as they did, the Bible says that the glory of the Lord filled The house of the Lord. The glory of the Lord appeared to them. So the more reverent and the more expectant that we come to church. Especially on a Wednesday night. Remember last week I challenged you. For the next several weeks until we get to Easter. If you'll be faithful to continue to come on a Wednesday night. We will begin to see God show up more and more and more on a Wednesday night. And it will filter over to Sunday morning. I guarantee you, I double dog dare you to keep coming and coming with an expectant heart. Because if you'll show up and say, God, I want you to show up. He'll be here. Now, I've shared this with you at different times before. But I mentioned that there was the prayer group that I was in when I was in Bible college. And when I got together and I was praying with those guys, first I just said, you know, would you mind? I didn't know any of them. So would you mind if I prayed with you? Because I just, I respect you guys and what you do in ministry. And I said, I just love to, just to be a part. So they let me come in. And I didn't feel like I knew anything about prayer. I didn't feel like I knew how to pray. And I certainly wasn't at the place where they were in prayer. And I just felt like I was just on the outside looking in. But week after week after week, I said, God, I want to be where they're at. And one of the last times that we got together in prayer before I graduated. God just met me in such a real way. In fact, we were in a circle. There's probably maybe 10 of us. And we just happened to be kneeling down and kind of had our heads in, in the chairs. And Joe Cack was beside me. He was one of my friends. And man, God just got all over him. And I could see it. And I'm like, God, I want to experience that. I want to just have that tangible encounter. I said, whatever you're doing right now on him, I said, do it to me. And as soon as I said that, it was just like God came and sat on me. 
I'm serious, man. Uh, it, there's some scriptures that we'll read here in just uh, in weeks to come. But talks, the, the Bible says that Jesus is an all-consuming fire. And that's exactly what it is. It's like, man, the fire of God got on me. And it wasn't a scary thing. It wasn't a, a hurt, hurting thing. It was, it was just like, again, that's all I can say is like, I just felt like I was on fire. Like I was just ablaze with God. And he was just so full in me. And it got to the point where everybody in our prayer group just kind of stopped praying and sat down and began to watch what God was doing in and on me and, and on Joe. And after we got done praying, it's just like, whoa. And I asked the question, I said, man, I said, was you guys, did you guys experience that too? And they just said, well, man, we were just watching you guys. And we were being blessed at just how God was ministering to you. And it was so cool to me that here I was this guy that came in like the rookie. And said, God, I want what they have. And just before I left, they're sitting back and watching what God's doing in me. And it was just simply a hunger for God. And I'll share this last verse with you here. Before we leave. In 2 Corinthians, or excuse me, 2 Chronicles, chapter 5, 11 through 14, it says, And it came to pass, when the priest came out of the most holy place, for all the priests who were present had sanctified themselves without keeping their divisions. And the Levites, who were the singers, all those of Asaph and Heman and Judithan, with their sons and their brethren, stood at the east end of the altar, clothed in white linen, having cymbals. Now watch. Having cymbals, stringed instruments, and harps, and with them 120 priests sounding with trumpets. Indeed, it came to pass when the trumpets and the singers were as one, to make one sound to be heard in praising and thank, thanking, the, thanking the Lord. And when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and the cymbals and the instruments of music. And praised the Lord saying for he is good for his mercy endures forever. That the house, the house of the Lord was filled with a cloud. So that the priest could not continue ministering because of the, of the cloud. For the glory of the Lord filled the house of God. So did you notice what provoked the glory of God to show up? What was it? People coming together. Having one voice. Lifting their voice in praise and worship. And it moved God. I'm looking for the day as a church when we become one voice. Now, I don't say this to be critical, and I'm not saying it for you to be critical. But you know the difference between, say, a Sunday morning and a Wednesday. Because Sunday morning, there will be a lot of people that are just spectating. They might just be standing there during praise and worship. Maybe not entering in or not praising God, not even singing. But there's coming a day, and it's coming soon, where our voices become united. And where that's going to happen is here Wednesday night. Because this is where people are truly hungry.
Where they're saying, I could be anywhere else, but I choose to be here. God's going to start moving here. And you're going to begin to see that our voices become united. Our hearts become united. And God said, when you worship me that way, the glory fills the temple. When the instruments are playing, when the voices are being lifted, and we're singing praise and giving thanks, the glory shows up. Now, I don't mean to imply that the glory hasn't ever shown up and that it's just one day. I'm looking for the intensity of it. Because God always shows up. But I'm looking for that overwhelming presence of God. Did you notice it says when they praised and worshiped God in this setting? It says that the priest could not stand to minister. So in other words, they had to stop. Did they stop because of some type of protocol? No, it was because the presence of God was so strong they just couldn't. Last week when I was ministering and I just, I I almost couldn't because I kept starting to, to cry. That's the presence of God to where you can't stand to minister. Now for some of you, you may have never experienced just the presence of God in some unique ways. And so this example that I'm going to share with you might be a little bit out there for you. But I've been in meetings where the presence of God was so strong. And to where we just didn't know how to close out the service. Because nobody wanted to leave. But we had to. You know, people had to work the next day. And I remember Reverend Hagen, he gave the mic to a, another minister. And his name was uh, Leroy Thompson. He says... Doc, he says, go ahead and just close out the service. So Dr. Leroy Thompson was down in the front. And he grabbed the microphone and he began to walk up the steps. In this particular meeting, the platform was probably maybe five, six steps high. And he got up to about the third step. And he got stuck like this. One leg up and a microphone. Maybe the microphone was like this. And just got froze. In the presence of God. You may say, oh, that's just so weird. Maybe he's just faking it. All right. You stand like this for 20 minutes without moving an inch. I'll give you $100 if you can do it for five minutes. Can't be done. You say, well, why would God do that? It was just a demonstration of God's glory. God does unusual things in His presence. But what He ends up doing more than anything is just begins to cause our hearts to be hungry. The Bible says that in His presence He gives us joy. Men's broken hearts. Heals hurting and sick bodies. It's in His presence that He begins to do His handiwork. Coming into days where God's going to be showing up strong. I'm longing for the days and again they're upon us. Whereas we come and we just lift up the name of Jesus. People begin to sense their bodies being touched and healed by God. 
People that have had cancer. People that are left for dead. But come into the glory or the presence of God. And they said, I felt something. I felt God doing something. Go back to the doctor and get the report. That's what God wants to do. You say, why would he want to do that? What do you think it would do for somebody that you know that you go and tell your story? I was blind, but now I see. I was dead, but now I'm alive. And it was all because of Jesus. That's what he's wanting to do. I want us to become hungry. Amen. Let's stand. With every head bowed and every eye closed. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for every single person that's here under the sound of my voice. And I thank you that, Lord, you're ministering to them right now. God, I pray that you would just awaken a hunger on the inside of us to know you. God, I'm not satisfied being satisfied. God, I'm not satisfied at all, to be honest with you. I want more of you. God, reveal yourself. Be real in our lives. God, teach us how to be hungry for you. Teach us how to want more from you and expect more from you. Because you're just that faithful and that good. So God... We ask that your glory be revealed. That your presence would be seen in this place. That lives would be changed forever. God, let it start here. Pour out your spirit. In Jesus' name. Father, we give you all the praise and all the thanks. And everyone said, Amen. 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 So here's my challenge for you. Next week, come with a greater expectation of God's glory. When we have praise and worship and giving of thanks next Wednesday, expect God to show up and expect to see. You say, what is it going to look like? I don't know. It will be unique to that Wednesday night. But let's come expecting God to show up. Amen? Amen. All right. Praise the Lord. See you next, see you Sunday. social media sites, which can be found at our website, gvchurch.tv. We know that today's message has been a blessing to you. Thanks for listening. We are Genesee Valley Church, loving God, loving people, and loving life.